Welcome to the Afronauts Podcast. I'm Chelsea Gaiden. I'm Jill Tu. I'm Beatrice Winifred Eicher. And welcome and- to season four. Oh, sorry. That's a I'm great sorry. I'm sorry. No, we should keep no, that. No, no, no. We're, I'm kidding no. it. That <laughs> no. was the loudest sound I ever made. I'm sorry, Jill. It's okay. I was just saying welcome to season four. I know, but I, I was going to say it. But Oh, you were. Oh. I, 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 didn't, I didn't. I didn't even think. I'm sorry. Well, listeners, this is one of the first times ever that we've recorded without any sort of script. So that you can tell you the can difference. Tell. You, you can, can tell. tell. Oh my goodness. You can tell immediately. We thought that for season four, we'd start doing these little pre-chats before each episode, like 10, mm-hmm. 15 minutes max, just to chat about what we're up to, you know, both writing and personal life and just kind of, um, yeah, chit-chat a little bit before we get to the interviews and stuff. But it's weird. Like, we talk all day, but now, yeah. now that it's being recorded, it's chaos. Yeah. Ain't we'll that get, how it goes. We'll get better. This we'll get day better. has been chaos. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. edit today. You want to tell the listeners about your technical difficulties? Oh, well, yes. I have been having... Well, I thought I was getting an upgrade. I thought, you know... <laughs> I, I, I was so excited about getting a new iPad, thinking it would fit all of my computing and tablet needs. Because I have a Surface right now, and I love the Surface, but it's a terrible tablet, and mm-hmm. I can't use it, like, I can't use, like, the apps that I used to read my books, my free yeah. library apps, all those things. Yeah. And so I was thinking, okay, I'll get something that has everything I need, but I just keep finding things that the iPad doesn't have that I need. I feel, like, I feel like what you're finding is that there's not a thing that has everything that's yeah i know i know yeah. that's true you know? but that and that infuriates I mean, you wanted it to be yeah, yeah i am sorry Can to somebody just make the perfect device and no. send it to me please no it's like there's I would, always i would pay missing. a lot of money for the perfect device yeah ah yeah i'm so, I'm so I, i've just been disappointed and frustrated all day long Aww. but oh well and that's why i didn't edit so boo that's how I tied back into writing. I did not get to edit today. That's I fine. Time we don't have to edit. Taken up. Well, and, and that's just how life goes, people. Right. Like that is how yeah. life goes. Yeah. How about I will talk about um, <laughs> yes the book that I have been reading. Ooh. Um, one of the books I've been reading. I have been going through picture book edits with my agent, and that's been really exciting. And one of the books that she recommended that I read is Jump at the Sun, uh, the true life tale of the unstoppable story catcher Zora Neale Hurston. This book is really, really good. Uh, It's kind of written similar to like Inverse, and I just love it so much. Um, And I highly recommend it. And Zora Neale Hurston wrote my favorite book of all time mm-hmm. the riser watching god i will continue to talk about this book mm-hmm. i know everyone's tired of hearing about it but i don't care <laughs> it's such a good book um yeah so jump at the sun very very good picture book oh i'm looking at the cover it's beautiful like catching stories very cute oh very my cute. gosh and like this little fox friend yeah that's so cute. I, I really like it because i feel like I want Zora Neale Hurston to also be remembered as a cultural anthropologist because mm, that mm-hmm. was such a big like part of her work and it was so important to her. Mm-hmm. And even though she is one of my favorite authors of all time, I also really like that this story was like 
touching on some of the anthropology aspects of it mm. while still keeping it like kid friendly. So yeah, that's how we really recommend. Cool. That's awesome. What about you, Jill? What have you been reading? Um, I've been reading a lot because I finished my edits, which was like my big thing last week. And I also turned in um, the draft of my middle grade. And so I've been like, oh, just give me everything. Like, I just want to like consume. And so um, I've been, to be, to be taught if fortunate is by Becky Chambers, um, who also wrote uh, The Long Way to a Small Green Planet and um, all of those sort of, um, those books that are kind of like cozy space opera-ish. Yeah, I was going to say like cozy sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this is like in that vein and it's it's excellent. Um, and then I also have, uh, I checked out like just totally like different different genre, different vibe altogether. Um, there Goes the Neighborhood by Jade Adia, which I'm so excited for. Mm. Um, do y'all know the like premise for that one? Vaguely. Remind us and the listeners. So it's something like, it's not speculative, but it's something like, um, a group of kids in like like LA like South California area um comes oh, up comes up with sorry. a fake it's okay they come up with a fake gang to try to like slow down yeah. gentrification in their neighborhood yeah which is so good um so good. but um then like people kind of figure out or like I think like people like think that like the gang is real or something um but the lie kind of like spins out of control and uh and so they have to like the kids have to figure out like what to do about that and how to you know fight for their neighborhood while also kind of like maintaining the truth and making sure that nobody's um nobody gets hurt so i'm really excited for that yeah i remember reading that one yeah yeah um and then on my audiobook life i did read um divine rivals by rebecca ross uh, which is like all over book talk right now um that one was was cute it's like a it's a romance set in like a it's a historical fantasy and I guess it's trying to kind of copy onto like World War One-ish era, like that kind of like era of of history, um, like British. And it's cute because it's kind of like this, it's like semi-epistolary. And so um, like there's um, a guy and a girl who are actually like work rivals that work for a newspaper um, and like unbeknownst to the girl, um, the boy starts to receive these like letters she's been typing and like pretends to be somebody else as he responds like he knows who she is but she doesn't know that he's the one responding and so mm -hmm. he like falls in love with her it's it's very cute so um that was really cute and there's like some magical elements involved too um okay. and there's magic too and there's so. magic yeah don't um, focus on what was actually important to her yeah exactly point, it was like the romance, the romance is very cute the magic <laughs> also happens um and then I'm also, and then I finished that, and then now I'm reading um, The Deep Sky, uh, which is a uh, Solomon, right? new, no, this is um, the new debut that just came out um, yeah. by Yumi Kitase. Um, okay. I'm thinking of The out. Deep. Is that right? Oh, The, the Deep River Solomon. Doesn't matter. Go on. Maybe. Um, and that was really good. Yeah, that's another like space opera. Um, it's sort of, um, it's like a mystery. I think it's like a mystery on board a spaceship. Um, and it's it's really cool and really well done so really enjoying that so yeah I'm just kind of like consuming everything I can um kind of taking these next few weeks kind of easy because I um was pushing so hard for so much of this summer and uh just want to kind of like take a breather I don't have any like super tight deadlines right now um but I think I'll probably end up getting like either like line edits or maybe copy edits for the dividing sky in the next few weeks and then um when I have some free time on the writing side, I'll probably start to outline uh, another YA dystopian romance that I've been thinking of. So just kind of taking it easy, 
um, enjoying this time of like no real rush to get stuff turned in. So that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. We want to talk about what what we're writing or what we've been working on. Yeah, Chelsea, do you want to talk about the Guardian? Oh, I'm still working on edits for the Guardian. I'm like yeah. about halfway done. So nice. That's great. So like I said before, I this summer started writing picture books and didn't stop i'm still writing picture books mm-hmm. um my new love uh i love it a lot i think as a poet writing picture books is just like very soothing and also soothing after all of the like adult horror that i've been writing <laughs> it's really yeah. nice to, like switch into like a different section of my creative brain and like talk about ducks and cows and bears and stuff so um yeah working on picture books nonfiction and fiction which has been really fun i haven't really written a whole lot of nonfiction, so so it's been really fun um and then i'm working on a middle grade which is a southern gothic mystery which is uh set near my hometown in the mountains in tennessee and i love it a lot and i need to get back to it um but i've got so many like deadlines so many things going on supposed to be going on sub with two different projects in a couple weeks Mm -hmm. and so my agent and i are gearing up for that and that is exciting thrilling terrifying all the things (laughs) um but yeah so that's what i've been up to also this summer i coached soccer and yeah so cute i had time of my life (laughs) yeah that's awesome yeah, I feel like I talked about my writing projects. Um, uh, what is one thing you guys are excited about for the next week? Beyonce. Oh my gosh. What? I keep forgetting. I what? keep forgetting. How, how Why did you we forget not that? start? Yeah. Podcast? Wait, what? You were going to see Beyonce in Jade. I'm like, there's nothing going on. No, my sister is flying in. Oh my god. And we're gosh. going to see Beyonce. Chelsea, come on. Chelsea. I literally your whole mood needs Beatrice, to be like yeah. changed. Didn't, didn't I tell you that you I keep forgetting? You told I literally me. Yeah. Yeah. keep forgetting. You do. That, you that, you for real forget too. That like is for crazy. real, for real. Like <laughs> Yeah. It is weird. My I, I just put little things in little compartments and like they don't speak <laughs> to each other. They don't. <laughs> So then when you said what's happening this weekend, I literally had like run down the hall and be like, weekends, like what's what? going on? Okay. Yeah. But I'm excited. What about you guys? When is that? Is that, when is that? Friday, Saturday? It, it's this weekend. I mean, Saturday. Oh, actually yes. Saturday. 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 And, flying in for this. And Sunday. Uh-huh. You're in both shows? both days. Yes. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I could not, I tried, I, this is not on purpose, but you gotta do what you gotta do. That's great. I could not sell the tickets. Oh, so. that's right. I remember you got two in the new train. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. So. Oh, yeah. That's right. All but... right. Well, you're going to see Beyonce twice, though. I mean, yeah. I know, I right? Exactly. It's kind of hard to feel sorry for you. Yes. You were absolutely right. I feel sorry for my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> I will feel sorry for your bank account. Yeah. I will. I will do that. Maybe Beyonce will like let some money rain, like at the end. Yes. <laughs> just share it. Just share some yeah, of it. Exactly. While you're there, ask Beyonce for like a a cool fifty k. Yeah, like she could just, it. Yeah. I mean, she makes that much. Yeah. Between like breakfast and like <laughs> brunch. So brunch, <laughs> breakfast and brunch, breakfast, breakfast and, brunch. and lunch. I mean, Beyonce. Oh, Beyonce, I, Beyonce I, I, and brunch. I think Beyonce has breakfast and brunch. I'm Beyonce, like, Beyonce has breakfast and brunch. She, has she definitely has yeah. a brunch because <laughs> she can afford it. I feel she like I've both. seen her brunch on Instagram a million times. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Okay. Beyonce yeah. definitely has brunch. We we all agree, right? Yeah, of yeah. course. Yes. I have brunch. Beyonce is definitely <laughs> <having> brunch. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go. Beatrice, what's, what's going on yeah. yeah Beatrice what's up this uh, for the this weekend I am not doing anything mm. so I'm that's gonna have a great time doing yeah I was gonna say like, that's actually fantastic. and it's that and I'm nice. I, yeah I don't want to like I'm not doing anything wait did you purpose. plan to not do anything no yeah 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 yeah. no this is on purpose yeah. I plan to do nothing I don't want to do anything oh that sounds wow. awesome you can do that I can. Nothing yeah. isn't just I, I sure in between. Can. Can. I, 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 no, nothing it. is. Nothing can be intentional. Nothing can be. Oh. Yeah, I, 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 I block off time in my calendar to do nothing. That's great. Like you're I not gonna take away every my, day with you my guys, nothingness. I swear. I, I, I need my nothingness. I got, I, I gotta have it. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna try to block out time for nothing. I've never done that. Yes. Like, ooh, you should do it. You should do it. Either I, it's like specific self care that I'm like prescribing uh, myself. Either, I mean, either way. I for me, it's good to to have that flexibility. Yeah. Like there's there's rigidity in in terms of like I know this space I am I'm reserving for me, but I can mm-hmm. do what that with that whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but I'm gonna block it off on my calendar, and I'm gonna say no. This is this is nothingness time. Okay, yeah. it says nothingness. Nothingness happens here. Ooh, that's nice. That's awesome. it, t- tell us how it goes. I I, I want to hear about it. That's I will. I will let you know. I will let you know. Like, how was your nothing day? How was your I can't nothing? wait to hear. I I mean, I plan on just being high all day, but I mean, <laughs> that's nice. nothing though. I'm just yeah. hanging out. I'm chilling. Yeah. I'm relaxing. Yeah. I deserve it. Yes, and yes, so do you. you. Do. Everyone, you all do. of you, whatever you want, you guys mm-hmm. deserve it. Because mm-hmm. life is hard. Life is hard. That's the truth. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah, I'm excited for um, Monday. I'm going down to a bookstore here in town to see JL's. To celebrate I was about JL's to ask you, when is this Monday? Yeah, it's coming Monday, the 28th. Wait, hey, this this episode comes out. Yeah, so when you're listening yes, to this. Yes, perfect oh gosh, timing. Yeah, Going down there. Wow. Um, for that night. In, in, in a ball my, gown. In my ball gown and my tiara, which I have not tried on yet. I need to check, check on the tiara. Um, but yeah, it's like a costume thing to celebrate. I want so House many Yeah. And I'm very excited. So. Oh my gosh. I know. It's funny. I went out to um, drinks with some girlfriends this past weekend and I was just going to like put on whatever and leave. And my kids came in when I was getting dressed and they were like, mommy, put on makeup. And so like I put on <laughs> makeup, which they were like, really fascinated by. And so I feel like if I come out of my bathroom like in a legit ball gown and tiara, they're gonna lose their minds. Like I think that they will just like in the best way. It's gonna be yeah. amazing. That's gonna be amazing. Yeah. So I'll let you know. How, How many people get to see their moms in a ball? I know. Like I've well, never right. seen my mom. I, I, I'm gonna want to update on that too. Yeah. I need. To I want. I'm when I tell you I want pictures. Yeah. I I want Ooh. pictures. Yeah. <laughs> definitely take it. pictures oh, and make sure you hug them and hold yeah. them. Have have um your husband take pictures. I should. That's great. I don't want yes. you taking the pictures. I want okay. someone else That's fair. taking the pictures. Exactly. More moms need selfies. pictures taken of them. Absolutely. And in a ball gown. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. It'll be really I know. cute. It'll be really cute. So. Yeah. That was a great idea, Beatrice. Yeah. Thank great you. Idea. I'm full. <laughs> someone needs to hire me. I'm joking. Yes. No one hire me. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> busy. Don't give them more work. <laughs> we spoke with JL not too long ago about many many things including her upcoming book house of marion 
Yeah, and I'm so excited for this book. I feel like um, watching this journey of House of Marianne for her has taught me but the importance of just like writing into your bliss and just writing into like mm-hmm. all the things that make you happy. Like she just talks about how she just dumped, you know, all of the tropes she loves and aesthetics she loves and the things she was watching and reading mm-hmm. like into this book and just like wrote it, you know, pouring out of her soul. And I just thought that was so cool. Um, it's got yeah. ball gowns. It's got like, like a dark academia type thing going on. It's got um, tiaras like growing out of people's skulls uh just like lots of like weird creepy but also really cool yeah um fantasy stuff so yeah like this interview was great the conversation with her was awesome she's just like so um like inspiring and just like what she's been able to accomplish and like like if you think about like a pretty short amount of time in her career is just like insane um and really cool so it was awesome to talk to her Our hero today is JL. JL is the New York Times indie bestselling and award-winning author of multiple books, including Against the Tide, an original prequel novel tie-in to The Little Mermaid. Her debut, Wings of Ebony, dubbed an incredible by NPR and best fantasy book by Pop Sugar, was a 2022 NAACP Image Award nominee for Outstanding Literary Work for Youth and Teens, an Amazon editor's pick for best science fiction and fantasy, a Barnes and Noble YA book club pick, a first novelist American Library Association honor book, and the recipient of a Kirkus starred review. Her forthcoming blockbuster fantasy romance trilogy, House of Marion, is being translated into 10 languages across five continents. The former educator credits her nomadic lifestyle and humble inner city beginnings as inspiration for her novels. When she's not writing, Elle can be found on the hunt for desserts without chocolate, looking for any excuse to get dressed up, and road tripping her way across the country with her two dogs in tow. Thanks for joining us today, JL. Thank you for having me. Okay, so our starter question is, what premises or tropes are auto-buys for you? Oh, definitely Enemies to Lovers and Forbidden Love, a uh, big romance fan. I like forced proximity. It could be one bed, it could be something else. Like the characters have to go on a journey together or like forced allies, they have to work together. Um, mm-hmm. And then anything with kind of like a dark lord or something in fantasy. So like the darkling or that whole aesthetic is mm-hmm. totally my vibe. Yes. <laughs> okay. Check, 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 check. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, um, I don't know if any of those tropes are in House of Marianne, but can you give us a quick pitch? Absolutely. So House of Marianne is kind of like Game of Thrones meets Succession with tiaras and pretty dresses. The story follows Kel, who's 17. She's been on the run from a secret society because of the forbidden dark magic that she has. Um, But when she's almost caught by an assassin hunting her, she runs to one of the training schools for proper magic. She intends to master this proper form of magic in order to bury her dark magic forever. Only her dark magic is determined to not be snuffed out and to make matters worse, she might be, totally is, falling in love with an assassin in training from a rival house. Mm. Ooh. I love that. Why do I feel like, 
But I feel like there's more to the dark magic than meets the eye. I'm very intrigued by this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's forbidden, first of all. Right. Well, yeah. Oh. And and why and by who? I'm very exactly. intrigued. Exactly. These are the questions, Jill. These are the questions. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Well, both Wings of Ebony and House of Marion. Uh, the series, the trilogy, are contemporary fantasies based on this idea that there's magic hidden within our actual world. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about why that kind of setting speaks to you versus like a purely secondary world fantasy or a portal fantasy. Absolutely. I'm just enamored at the idea of magic in the real world. I mean, I do love full escapism of second world fantasy, so I try to balance those. In fact, you'll notice in Wings of Ebony and in House of Marianne, and really in my middle grade series too, that once you're deep into my fantasy world, it doesn't usually feel like it's like here in the contemporary world, because ultimately I do want my readers to escape. But I also think there's something particularly inspiring about seeing fictional magic in the real world like we want to all be be able to believe in the unimaginable and so I think that contemporary fantasy does that for me Mm, I definitely agree with that I feel like people really like to think of having a proximity to magic or having like access to it and if it's in a secondary world then there is like that barrier the magic that is obviously not there and contemporary fantasy which is really cool Mm. so for our listeners who loved wings of ebony and ashes of gold can you share some similarities and differences between that series and house of marion maybe including tropes or not sure absolutely so if you loved both if you love books with a diverse cast you'll find that in both wings of ebony and house of marion the main character of house of marion is a biracial Black teen, she's 17, and I think there's some a lot of similarities. Though Kel's life and Rue's life are different, they were both sort of outcasts in a way. Um, um, Rue always felt like an outcast, sort of on the fringe of society when she went to the island where her um, father lived. She always felt sort of like an outsider there, even though she knew she belonged, for many reasons that I won't spoil if you haven't read the book. She still felt kind of cast aside and and Kel, when you meet her, she's lived her life as a shadow. She doesn't even know what it's like to have a conversation with someone on purpose because she's trying to avoid being noticed. She's trying to avoid being seen at all at all times. And so she enters this world where she is special and the elite and all eyes are on her because she's the headmistress's granddaughter. And so I think there's some similarities there. That's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. But aside from just the main character, Marion is quite globally diverse and it features characters from all different races, ethnicities, gender identities, all kinds of marginalizations, uh, socioeconomic diversity as well. We have some kids in this house, some kids, some debutantes in this house that are extremely wealthy. I'm talking like one percenters, Paris Hilton types. And then you have Kel, who's the heir to this house. Mm. um, And she's lived basically homeless her whole life. So you have a lot of really cool um, differences and a person sort of is not necessarily defined by what they bring to the table so much as what they can make their magic do. And I think it's, it creates this very cutthroat, um, glittery, dark environment that is very intoxicating. Also, if you love the chosen one trope and, and chosen one with a twist is what I did in Wings, you'll love what I've done in Marion. It's not exactly a chosen one trope, but it has sort of the aroma of that because there is something special about, about my main character, Marion, too. And then if you wanted more romance and wings, Marion is definitely for you. 
Um, Marion is squarely romanticy or romantic fantasy. I think romanticy is the new term we're going with. <laughs> um, Wings had a magic system that felt like its own world. I think I, I developed a language for that book. There was an entire culture, the Ghazani people completely set apart from the modern world. And House of Marion, though it is very contemporary, is similar to that. Because once you step inside this secret magical society, you do feel like you're immersed in a completely different world. The magic is very, uh, very, very fleshed out and detailed. You get bits of it in the first book, but of course you learn more and more about it over the course of the books. But if you love a really cool, fresh magic system, you will you will absolutely love House of Marion. Um, and then I love writing betrayals, no spoilers, but if you found the ashes of gold plot twist shocking, I'm going to knock your socks off in Marion. You will not see it coming. I, yes. So that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> it sounds so Be exciting afraid. though. <laughs> I almost have different stuff to say. <laughs> um, wow. You said headmistress, headmistress's granddaughter. Yeah. So there are four training schools in this, that, that study proper magic. There's house of Marion, house of Pearl, house of Aurelia and house of Ambrose. And the, each of these houses are run by a headmistress. And so house of Marion mm-hmm is the one that Kel runs to. And she doesn't realize when she gets there that her last name is etched on the front. I mean, can you imagine being like a runaway, living on the street, being a shadow your entire life. And then you show up here like, oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's my name on the building. (laughs) So that comes with all kinds of pressure and attention. And and so, yeah, so we spend most of the book, 95% of the book we spend in House of Marion. Mm-hmm. The uh, the estate is called Chateau Soleil. So we spend mm-hmm. most of the story in Chateau Soleil, but there are other houses and we do get to see bits and pieces of those in book one. We see a lot more of them in subsequent books. Fun. Okay, speaking of exciting things, so you're going on tour with House of Marion. What, what part of the tour are you most excited about? Oh man. Okay, so meeting readers and booksellers from all over the country. So this is the first time that I've actually done an in-person tour um, for a YA novel. I visited, I did a few school visits for my middle grade series, but they were all fairly close to home because it was sort of the tail end of the pandemic and I still wasn't comfortable Mm -hmm. traveling on a plane and doing the whole hotel thing all over the country. So Mm -hmm. this is really the first time that I'm touring nationally. And so um, as a pandemic debut author and I didn't tour with The Little Mermaid. I just anticipate there being a swath of readers who have loved several of my books. And this Mm -hmm. is sort of the first opportunity that they get to meet me in person. So I am so excited and I hope people come out um, to all the events decked out in tiaras and dresses and just really get into the world building of it. Um, I think that's what I'm most excited about is just seeing readers. I feel like this tour is going to be cathartic and unforgettable for many reasons but I think another factor is that I also have author friends and writer friends that I've met over the years and we've only sort of existed virtually (laughs) and so it's so nice to be able to finally see and hug them in person and realize that they're like a real person and not just a face on a screen and so I think it's going to be really cathartic that's amazing I have my in there oh sorry go on on. I'm just gonna say I have my ball gown ready I'm very excited (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Which events are you coming to? Uh, Atlanta. I'll be in Atlanta. <laughs> I'm yeah. so excited about my yeah. Atlanta event. Um, that, brings, 
Brave and Kind Bookstore has gone all out. They are doing like a full-on ball. It's going to be really cool. Oh, that's so, so excited. Cool. I'm so excited. <laughs> so I know you mentioned Little Mermaid in there. You wrote Against the Tide, a Little Mermaid story with Disney. Can you tell us what that experience was like? It was utterly surreal. I will never forget. Uh, it, I thought it was a joke when my agent told me that Disney wanted to know if I'd write because it was April and my agent is very silly. And But no, she was not joking. <laughs> she was not joking. Um, she, she was like, Disney wants to know if you want to write the quotes of The Little Mermaid. And I was like, I, you know. I'm serious. So what's your answer? <laughs> and I was like, oh. Um, but it was just really, really uh, cool. I It was such an honor to create canon for such a beloved Disney character, especially when she's, you know, brown-skinned for the first time. Like, mm-hmm. it was historic I get chills every time I think about that because you know we I agreed to that project two months after Wings of Ebony came out and I couldn't tell anyone until oh so you had to sit on that secret oh well good job secrets literally I could not tell anyone until Teen Vogue unveiled the cover in January of this year wow wow so it was just so it was just it was a historic opportunity it was surreal like writing all these things that into Ariel's actual existence. And then that's the only book that Disney put Hallie's face on, like the likeness of the actress is, is on that one. Um, so anyway, so many people, I also have heard so many people wanted a lot more from the films about the sisters. And so I think the mm-hmm. prequel gives, gives us that. So mm-hmm. I'm just super grateful to have had the opportunity to be a part of it. I mean, it truly was unbelievable. I still look back on it and look at that book sometimes on shelves and I'm like, that's so cool. Who did that? Like I, I, I <laughs> out that like, I just like so, and it did so well. It was on the New York Times bestseller list for almost three months. So yeah, yeah. it seems to be popular. Incredible. <laughs> seems to be. Yeah, you're killing it. <laughs> um, well, switching topics for a second. Um, I know mentorship is huge for you, and I was wondering if you could share a few of your mentoring success stories, some of your favorite moments. Sure. Mentoring is very near and dear to my heart. I wouldn't be an author right now if authors that had come before me hadn't taken me over. They would still take me under their wing um, to talk me off the ledge regularly. But uh, it's been a while since I've actually been able to mentor as much as I'd like. The pandemic really wore down. I think it wore everybody's like just workload, like our sensitivity to workload. I feel like in 2020 was just a lot. And so I really pulled way back. So I haven't been able to mentor as much as I like, but I am still in contact with the authors that I've mentored and sort of where their journey has gone. So I think one of the really cool things is going to like, especially now that we're like doing things in person, going to festivals and bookstores and seeing my mentees books on shelves is really cool. Mm -hmm. It just blows my mind because it's like, my reading an early version of their story was like, a teeny teeny little step on the journey of that book making it to the shelf and like they obviously didn't need me but I just felt so like fortunate and privileged to be able to read that and like shake them by the shoulders and go no 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 this is good don't get you know when you're a writer you're like this is all trash I don't know what I'm doing I need to quit and so I just I got to like love on them and encourage them and like push them out of the nest like a little baby bird and I just think that's so it's just so cool um I learned to, I learned so much from mentoring. And I think that's one of the reasons I loved it too, is because I learned so much from them, like editorially, like part of the reason I love to mentor is um, obviously to like help and like give back. 
And I think the other side of it is that it actually makes me a stronger writer. Like I am learning so much more about the editorial sort of structure of a book and like the editorial process, my own editorial process. So coaching them through their careers and editing through things, it, it teaches me things too. I think it teaches me as much, if not more, um, as it teaches them. So, oh, and then I guess I should mention my most recent mentee's book is a horror comedy. Um, it's not out yet. It's called There's No Way I Die First by Lisa yes. Springer. Yes, we love Lisa. Yes, we do. Okay. Lisa was your mentee. Right. Lisa was my mentee. Now, this is not the book that I mentored her on. I mentored her on a middle grade novel that I still love, mm-hmm. but I will never forget reading the pages of her novel. And I was like, this girl can write mm-hmm. anything she's writing, I'm buying. Mm-hmm. And I just love that when she went out to editors and agents, they realized that too. They were like, this girl can write. <laughs> and so anyway, that's been really cool. So definitely go check out There's No Way I Die First. It is, um, I don't typically do horror and I feel like I could totally handle this. I mean, it has some scare in it, but mm-hmm. I, you know, it hits with the commentary and it has just the right like balance of humor, I think. I think just the words horror comedy together, like to mm-hmm. have the range to be able to do that. Like, yeah. you know, the writer has some serious chops. Right? So yeah. Yes. yeah. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. So it's been really incredible watching your journey from Wings of Ebony to House of Marion now. So we do have one question. If you could give your debut self some advice, what would it be? Um, I, I think the challenge of being a debut is everything is new and unknown. Um, and so it's hard to sort of walk into a dark room and know which way to step. And so I think that's part of the reason I'm not completely wound up five weeks out from release from House of Marion, because I've done this. This is my fifth book. Um, But when you're a debut and you're trying to really like feel like you have what it takes to make it, I think the hardest thing in your way is belief, like believing that it is actually possible and not hoping and believing. And I think those are subtly different. And so I think there's a lot of power in belief. I didn't conceive of being an author when I was younger. It was not my like goal since I was four. Like it just wasn't in my paradigm. Honestly, I didn't know it was a job and I didn't see a lot of people like me. I mean, I remember Alice Walker, but like I didn't Toni Morrison. I just didn't see a lot of people like me on the back of books. And so it just was, it didn't occur to me. And so mm-hmm. I'm so glad <laughs> now I believe depending on the day. <laughs> and so I want... I want every aspiring writer that I meet, adults, kids, to believe that they can they can do this. I think that's the first step. Oh. Amen. Mm-hmm. Depending believe. on the day is is so Depending real. I'm day. I'm in the middle of line edits right now, and it definitely depends on the day. <laughs> well, today was not drafting, that day. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> I'm drafting a first draft. Ooh. So I have never felt more oh. incompetent. <laughs> It's like of back the, to square one. Yeah. In the, in Can the you sequel. do this? Right. I, no, I don't know. <laughs> it's a sequel, but it's also a middle book. Like I've done a sequel mm. with Ashley, but I hadn't done a middle book before. Yeah, of a trilogy. Oh. Yeah. So it's uniquely yeah. a pain in the you know where. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, oh, good luck. Best of luck. Yeah, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. Well, let's see. I think our wrap-up question is, what is your favorite fan moment so far? 
Um, okay. So I had one in mind, but I'm just, I'm just double checking my brain. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it has to be, it has to be this reader that I met at a festival once, not in my city, but like in a nearby city. And she did tell me that she lived in my city and I was like, cool. And I just kind of left at that. She ended up showing up at like all of my next events and not in a, not in a stalker way, okay. like <laughs> in a really sweet, like eager way. She's an aspiring writer. Um, she's marginalized as well. And I just adore her. Like to the, we went to brunch with her mom two weeks ago. Like I adore her. Um, and I assume she would be at my Marion launch because she's at all my events <laughs> that are local. But um, the last time I saw her, she pulled out the phone and she's like, I picked out what I'm going to wear to your lunch today. And I was like, let me see. It is a full on gown. Ooh. <laughs> and it is like dark teal. Ooh. She's getting coordinating accessories. And this was like two months ago. Wow. Like the fact, like the fact that one, she was planning to wear a ball gown to my event and she didn't even know that that was part of like the vibe of she hasn't read the book yet <laughs> and she didn't she didn't know that I was going to be encouraging tiaras and dresses at the events I just think it's so so cute yeah. um and so I'm very excited it's a gorgeous gown she wore it to a wedding um and I'm just so touched that she's so excited about the book she wants to cosplay and I also believe that she is a writer um she is one of nine kids mm. and I talked to her mom at brunch and her mom was telling me all about all the different things her kids are doing. And then she was like, and you, and I won't say her name because I'm just putting her whole life on blast here. But she was <laughs> like, and you, you know, we're still kind of figuring out what she wants to pursue. And I looked at her mom's like, oh, she's a writer. Like that's what's that's what's oh my God. Like this, this girl's writing books. Like, yeah. I don't know. I know y'all are looking through majors at colleges, but I just want you to know she's an author. So. <laughs> and oh, I, I bet you that's... made her week with that. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. So I'm telling you, the girl is committed. I'm so excited for her. And I just I love, love she's so eager. It's so I cute. Love that. I love how like in tune she is with you that she just knew that was the vibe and she was going right. to show up and oh, I love that. Literally. So she I knew the that. book pitch and she's like, I am dressing up for this. And she's bringing like her siblings and her mom and like they all it. have to dress up too. It's oh so cute. God. So fun. There's nothing cute. like that. I feel like that's the magic of Kidlet too, is like fans mm-hmm. like that, right? As opposed yes. to, yeah, yeah, that's so yes. cool. That's yes. so cool. Well, I guess that's it. Thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Yeah. So where can our listeners find you? Um, so don't go to my website. <laughs> I mean, you can't. <laughs> You'll just be taken back in time. Um, find me on social media. My handle is the same across platforms. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, threads, apparently, and Twitter. Oh, yeah. At, at, at <laughs> author JL. There are no dots or spaces, just A-U-T-H-O-R-J-E-L-L-E. And I hope to see you all on tour. You all listening and you all here. I would love to meet you all um, without a screen between us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In person. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're so excited for you. Yes. Thank you so much. Excited. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.